You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. It's another Thursday, and you know what that means. PHP Ugly, episode 224 is kicking off. I'm your host, Eric Van Johnson, and with me, John Congdon. Hello, hello. Glad you made it this week, Eric. And you know it was a touch and go from last week. And Thomas Rideout. Hello. I'm already over this episode. (laughs) I was ready to wrap this one up. That's good, because I'm going to... I can just edit this before you know tonight and not even have Perfect. to worry about it. Just get it, get it get done. It <laughs> it's one of those things where, where you just, you feel, you feel it's off, right? It's like, it's just not, it's not no, there. I'm tonight. feeling it. I was feeling it fine until the Logitech camera software decided that my mouse shouldn't work on my other computer. Uh, and so mm-hmm. the same as last week, my mouse now no longer works when I'm on my other desktop, which seems like a dumb thing for a camera software to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm still in San Diego. As I mentioned last week, I was going to be heading out to Arizona. Turns out I'm not going to head out until tomorrow. It's one of the joys of having a ill dog is trying to make sure you have coverage so we couldn't couldn't work it out so we ended up staying another day um not a big deal but i don't know man having a good week though i tell you i'm living the uuid life man i swear to god half my time is just fixing broken packages i don't know how to handle uuids and yes you all you're all broken you're broken I just don't understand it. You have no need to to, to assign a, a big init to to your 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 IDs, and and you do. But you know, whatever. And but yeah, until you yeah. until you talk to people that know databases inside and out, and then you get annoyed because you realize you're doing things so wrong. Like what? Who, what me? What me? No. People in general, like what version of UUID oh. do you use? I, I would have to look at, at at my package. I forget it's the one that's supposed to be more random. But yeah, I think and, I think that's really bad for performance within MySQL versus since you're using it as an index mm-hmm. versus using the UUID that is time based, where there's some sort of order to the UUIDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it it, it actually factored. At, I've thought about that a lot because uh, there's a couple things I've thought about. I'm really on the edge of breaking down and just assigning a UUID column and just giving up on letting it be the primary ID. Uh, I haven't done it yet, but like every time I get caught up fixing another package, I'm like, damn it, if I just put this in another column, I wouldn't have to worry about it. But then I have to, you know, you have to train all the developers who work on things and say, okay, this is how we identify a record. It's not the primary ID, but it's a UUID. And this latest app that I was working on, I I don't know. It's an internal app to Diego Dev. So I'm like, I doubt if there's ever going to be another developer who works on this. I can probably just do it. And I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a grumpy old man who don't want, you know, wants to always be right. So I haven't done it yet, but I'm really close to just, just waving the white flag on my UUID as the primary key thing. But to your point, John, um, not to get distracted. Yeah. So one of the problems I, I not a problem so much but with the the way i use uuids you can't be sure that the records in the database if you're sorting by the id column are in order by creation you have to actually sort by the created at date which Mm -hmm. again not a huge deal but it would be nice to have that time-based uh uh uuid where i can because again traditionally people sort by the id field so if I had a time-based UUID, I would imagine my records would be in order by creation. So yeah, I, I've been giving that a lot of thought. I assume so too. But again, it comes down to the internals of MySQL and how indexing works. Why having them incremental works better than completely random. Mm-hmm. So I, that's just another reason to have an, an integer auto-increment ID field so that you have all your foreign keys, 
are just integers. They're a little better on performance, but reference everything through the UID. That would be what you pass around in all of your URLs, and then it doesn't really matter as much. Although you still want them, in, you still want that indexed because you're going to be searching by that. Yeah, and I still want any relationships, any of those foreign IDs, to be based on UUID in case I switch databases. So that's uh, yeah. that's that's where I start saying, well, then what's the point, right? Why would, mm. why would you that's switch good, databases? That's valid. Well, well, not it's, necessarily switch. It's just if if we have to. Well, no. Okay, let's say switch. Let's let's say. Let's say I have I start putting something in a in a CouchDB database that that's referencing things by UUID, but I have relationships defined by IDs. So mm-hmm. at some point I'd have to do a translation, which is a pain in the ass. Um, I don't know. I, I keep going back and forth on this. I like I said I'm sticking to it, but uh, I don't know. Man. It, it's just it's just never. It never stops. It's it's just like I know in like ten years everybody's gonna be doing UUIDs and I'm gonna be like, Yeah, I told you guys this was a good idea and everybody be like, What are you talking about? I, I remember you being like stupid about this and not wanting to do it. Well but, as you were talking, I was also thinking back to event sourcing where with event sourcing you can't have an auto increment ID to do it properly. You have to generate a brand new ID when you create your first event. When you create your aggregate, you're defining that. You're not letting the database define it for you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but uh, but yeah, man, we had we had a we had a, an aspiring week uh, as a company. Um, I tweeted about this, so this is not news if if you follow me on Twitter. But our primary client, like our biggest client that we've had for a long time now, I don't know how many se- years, se- seven years now, seven years. When we first started working for them we were taking over for another development group um and there was there was a little transition there but not a lot and according to the client in our meeting this week the bug count was at a 1231 bugs when we took over that was his official bug count and in our weekly meeting with the client today, the bug count was nine. And it was just like, they, they, they had built up this big thing of, I want the, the, the owner of the company was like, I, I want to see the bug count down to single digits. If we, I, we've never been to single digits and we get to single digits, I just feel like that would be an accomplishment. And so this week we'd gotten down to single digits. It felt like we sat in that 10 to 12 range for like months. That 10 to 20 for, for so long. And that's the thing. It's, it's like, uh, uh, you know, this is a, this is a old legacy app. If you've been listening to the show for a while, you've listened to, to our challenges with, with your kind of helping it along and building it back up and making it modern. But there were a lot of issues and it's not like there was a thousand two hundred and thirty one bugs and that was all the problems. I mean, bugs kept getting reported and there was a while, this was one of the things the client said, there was a long time where we'd fix one thing, you know, to break 10, 10 other things. So that's, I mean, we, we, we've all had that challenge, but it's frustrating for the client. It's like, oh, you know, this, this report's not working correctly. That's fixed. Oh, well now four other reports are broken. And one of the things they said now, because we've taken a lot of time at in- introducing proper patterns and, you know, you know, better practices, better architecture. There's a lot of things we did. Some of them were very painful things for the client to have to live through, but you know, they, they pushed through it. And now it's like, when we tell them we're fixing a bug, they have this high level of confidence that other things aren't breaking that they're not aware of. And a lot of that, you know, comes down to testing, you know, uh, code reviews. Uh, there's just there's so, a lot of things that we've implemented. So you say that whole thing about you fix one thing, it breaks 10 others. And then you say, we've all had that, that just for some reason that sparked a memory of a contractor we had years ago who I was trying to convince that we should ha- be doing unit tests and couldn't convince them why. I'm like, you know, because when you break one or when you fix one thing and you break 10 others and he looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, no, you know, you've had that happen. No, I've never had that happen. I'm like, OK, <laughs> I, I believe his I believe his his actual reply was, 
don't yeah. write bad code. <laughs> I think you're right. It was something like that. <laughs> so you haven't been doing this very long, have you? <laughs> <laughs> that was always, I hated that. I mean, I still do. You, you, you innocently fix something and you don't realize that you broke something until usually it's in production. And you're like, why didn't I see that in development? Or use cases. You don't think of all the use cases. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. I, I had uh, had one of my fixes come back to bite me that I fixed like a year ago at this point. Where doing huge queries and I want to get the total record count as well. So I'm doing pagination, but I also want to get the record count. And MySQL makes that very easy with a select SQL count total rows or whatever that command is. And then you follow it up with a subsequent select, select found rows. So you do one query, it gets the total count and your paginated results. And then your second query tells you there's 5,000 records or whatever it is. And I wrote code using that. It was great. So I got it into production and it was because production was using proxy SQL. So the first query, the big query would come in and we go to a replica and then the second query would come in and we'd go to the primary database. So the replica would have the information, 5,000 records, but then the second query comes in and goes to primary and says, oh, no, there's only five records. <laughs> and my workaround, and it worked, was I put it in a transaction. So that always goes to the same server. Very smart. Mm -hmm. Until a year later when we're having all these database issues, I'm like, well, now the queries aren't going to the replica. They're all going to the primary. So there's got to be another way around it. And we came up with something. But it's just, again, there's certain things you don't see until you're in a production. Because it's so hard to replicate all those little things in a development environment. Not impossible, just not likely. Thomas, you're being pretty quiet over there, man. You okay? He's, he's, yeah, he's fighting know, a mouse. I swear to God, my mouse just stopped working on my other machine. <laughs> Nothing works correctly. Everything's awful. Tom fought the mouse and the yeah. mouse won. <laughs> uh, I think we have a title over doing, show I've there. I've been doing the crypto stuff again. Uh, yeah, I'm still? actually still mining even. Um, you know, I'm not making a lot, but I'm mining a coin that I have uh, projected very highly. So it will long run. It will pay out. Uh, looking at some like weird stuff in crypto in the crypto place this new thing called an nft um which is like a unique token there there could only be the one of these and people are kind of like yeah. a uid <laughs> people are, are selling art with this token um yeah so like you can you can actually go to uh like well let me see if i can find the url here with my barely working system well if you were a vim guy you wouldn't need a mouse just That's saying right. <laughs> if you were on pop os you wouldn't need a mouse do everything with your keyboard now on pop os so if you go to openc.io openSEA.io, and if only we had somebody with a obs that could if share that with the stream and yet the largest nft market buy sell and discover rare digital items yeah Oh, is this that whole trying to put value to nothing? Like the whole, is this related to like the whole baseball cards, the virtual baseball cards and stuff like that? Uh, yes, this is the virtual baseball card thing. And hey, look. I, I am not a fan not of this. Good. <laughs> you were killing me, Smalls. Oh, boy. Yeah, if only anything I did worked today. So, yeah, it's weird. And like, you can see the image that somebody, like, quote-unquote owns, like, the picture. Mm -hmm. But as long as they have the token, they're the owner, which, yeah. like, so what? Yeah, like like I said, they're, they're, they're just trying to, they're trying to capture that whole comic book, baseball card, rarity yeah. ha gives it value sort there of thing. There is a place where this kind of makes sense. Um, so when you get in... When you get into no, you the crypto me. stuff, 
you you find these uh, these stable coins. They're called, which are are coins that are hard attached to cash, uh, some currency, some fiat currency of some type. So the the big common one here is USDT. It's the U.S. dollar token. And if you have these, one token is always worth one dollar so if you think that the market's going to get super volatile and all the coins are going to crash you can transfer everything into these uh stable coins and just ride out the crash and then pop back in um but what would be the difference between doing that and just you know putting it in cash as cash isn't something that i can transfer on the blockchain i can't just transfer cash through the blockchain. So when I go on a marketplace and I put in a purchase order for Bitcoin at 50,000, I have to have that 50,000 as a fungible token so that I can fill the order as soon as someone offers it to. So I have to be able to say, "Hey, as soon as someone says, I've got 50,000, you know, I've got one at 50,000, give me the money." then the marketplace has to say, okay, here's the money. And the marketplace isn't going to loan me $50,000 for one Bitcoin, so I have to put that money into a wallet that can transfer to the destination address. So so what's, isn't that what like Coinbase and those other... Well, Coinbase isn't, uh, Coinbase isn't a, a trading platform, though. Coinbase lets you buy and sell crypto, but it doesn't let you do things like set open orders or stop limit orders or even more... <laughs> tricky things um in those marketplaces everything has to be automated and so you having a having a tokenized version of a dollar makes everything move a lot smoother for people who are used to valuing things in dollars so Hmm. there's also a pax g coin which is gold um i believe it's it's one ounce of gold to one coin and they actually have gold in a vault and if you request your gold they send it to you You can trade your token for your gold now that's also not an nft um but i could easily see a situation where if i had a piece of art a painting that i wanted to trade around in a marketplace i could give it to a warehouse that gave me a token Back. And whoever held that token was allowed to request it out of the warehouse to display it. So it can represent a physical good. But that was that was also the promise of Ethereum and Bitcoins and like everyone well, was trying to use blockchains to do this. Yeah, most of these same type of things are built on top of Ethereum. So they're they're Ethereum tokens. Uh, and when you look at the prices for these kinds of things, they'll often list it in both U.S. dollars and uh, Ethereum. Uh, then there's also you know the idea of games trading card games like magic where a company can say hey we have the card in stock and it's dedicated to you um but you can play with it digitally using this token and if you ever want to actually own the physical card we don't have to print it it's already been printed and assigned to you so it's it can be attached to physical goods in a very interesting dynamic way but for right now i mean it really is just a bizarre like people selling digital art platform and i yeah it was also the promise of that with like housing deeds and right everything and that's, else. I think eventually we'll end up there. Eventually, there will be an NFT that is tied to a house. Um, so NFT is where that is is the technology that that concept was waiting for. So you oh. so you you're back to mining, and what else is like. I don't even know what coding? I was asking there. <laughs> you mentioned Coinbase coding. Uh, Damn it, John. Did. Coinbase is going public. You guys know that? Did not. Don't care. That's cool, I guess. I, I use Coinbase. I think that's actually where I still have my uh, my Bitcoin on. That is a that's bad a place to have your shall we? Coinbase. Why am I not surprised you said say uh, that? In preparation I don't for care. They're going public. They got evaluated at $77 billion. Well. Wow. just isn't. It's not fair. Oh, that's wrong. No, that's not fair. All I want's a million. <laughs> oh, you, jeez. Maybe stop stop spending all your time with uh, Bitcoin and do some real goddamn work for a change. What they, was that? I'm working on, air? on it. Sorry. <laughs> mm. How are you, John? <laughs> I I've been doing nothing but 3D printing. Twenty four seven, pretty much. This thing runs twenty four seven. My wife is <laughs> wondering when when it's coming to your house. Have you made anything useful yet? <laughs> is it all just toys? I made, I made that. That is. Yeah, this doesn't work well on audio podcasts, but my my kid saw it right away, and he knew that when you do this, and then you flip that in, 
It's a transformer. <laughs> it's it is it is Laserbeak, so it will be their first Decepticon. Oh. You remember Laserbeak? He he came out of um, Sound Soundwave. Forget no, his name. But... No, not Soundscreen. No, not Starscream. Soundwave was the the Walkman. Yeah, and this came shoot, shooting out of his chest. Yeah. So yeah, I've been doing that. I. I printed some stuff for Eric, which I've showed him already. But I'm all he wanted was about that. All, all he wanted was a hat rack. So I <laughs> I, I printed him a hat rack. Very it, nice. It, it is the it is the Batman logo. I printed a headset stand for for his his uh, wireless headphones. Oh, I like the new base you put on there. Oh yeah, I didn't show that to you yet. Yeah. So Eric's a big big Batman fan. So I I did that. I did my own three D. Drawing, I created a little bracket for my silverware drawer because it, it's been annoying me for the years <laughs> since I've lived in this house. <laughs> we have a just a wooden drawer that holds all the silverware inside the drawer. So it, when you open it, especially with the kids opening it fast, the thing just slides around. And for years, I've just used scotch tape to kind of try and hold it to the front of the drawer. Mm-hmm. So I actually, so I actually designed stupid simple brackets but it was the fact that i designed it in a 3d application and printed it which was a ton of fun just seeing it come to life so nothing nothing like super useful it's just right now it's fun learning better than i did in the period of Uh, i mean with thingiverse it's super easy to grab something and print it real fast printer that you don't have to configure four times before printing everything yeah I mean, they've come a long way in the last couple of years, too, I think. So I, I can't wait to get the enclosure for it and do some laser etching and some CNC work. That smoke from that stuff will kill you. Oh, that's why I, I got the case and it has an exhaust. See? Thinking, sort of. Not really. <laughs> More thinking so, for the kids. I don't, want, I don't want my kids walking in and looking at a laser. Generally, yeah, generally a good Probably idea. not good. Yeah. Is it? Maybe that's what I've been doing wrong. Speaking of kids. So I have oh, a question boy. for you guys. Uh, go ahead. You, you talk, about, you talk uh, about kids. I'm losing my office. What? Oh, that sucks. Yeah. That sucks. Uh, my, my daughter is making an early return from her trip to California, and my oldest son is not ready to move out yet, so I'm, uh, I am moving back in the bed. Oh, man. When is this happening? Uh, March 6th. So yeah. just a couple weeks away. Yeah. So I've got to, like, you know, take the gun off the wall, move my impossibly large <laughs> desk. That's the hardest part is this this desk. I, I have one of the best desks ever made. It's the IKEA Jerker, and uh, it's it's sounds like a dead. It's really skip. nice, but it's like two hundred pounds and doesn't fit through a door assembled. And it, and it was a requirement because of yeah. the business he's in. Oh, and Roger Roger <laughs> says he's lost his office and he's in the furnace room. I feel you, man. Oh oh. Well, it, I used to. You, you, you say that, but he might be in Texas and loving the furnace room right now. Oh, Texas. That's true. Holy it, makes you, it just makes you want to get on a plane and go so to Cancun, doesn't it? it? <laughs> Although, if I, if I did yeah. that, I wouldn't lose my job. He's oh, not going to lose his job either. He's going to win his re-election. Mm. You know, wait, that was... Wait, what? what did I miss? You didn't hear about that? I, I Obviously not. Yeah, I have no clue what you're talking Texas, about. So he uh, hopped on a plane with his daughter and went to Cancun. Yeah, oh, in the middle yeah. of... In the middle That's of what's what would... been called a humanitarian crisis. <laughs> Office manager's upset about it, too. <laughs> yeah, so... I, you were going to say, go on? I was waiting for Eric because he, he had something he was going to say about a furnace room. But he's dealing with the poor puppy. My dog has gotten huge. <laughs> My dog has grown 50% in the three weeks oh, yeah. that we've had it him. It happens so crazy fast. I, our dog is, is about a year and a half now. And, I mean, it, it took him three months to get 90% the size he is now. He's just enormous. And, you know, amazingly enough, I was mm. just in court today for my dog. That was a real fun one. Really? What happened? Uh, a, a woman who doesn't like that the public dog park is near her house uh, has a tendency to complain about people who have dogs at the dog park and say that the dog bit them and then, like, scratch her arm until the police show up and file complaints. So, yeah. Really? And it, it's 
the whole system for it is so bizarre because she basically provided no evidence that anything happened whatsoever, but the cop had to take down the complaint anyway. And mm-hmm. and we we go to court, we meet with the public uh, attorney, and uh, the attorney says, well, you know, you, you can plead guilty to a lesser charge, you, you know, I'll give you a plea deal where basically the dog is on probation for a year. <laughs> and once that's over with, then it's like all stricken from the record, so you don't have to worry about it. Uh, but then there's a court fee of $100. Or you can come back here a third and fourth time for a court case where you plead not guilty and you get a judge trial and you still have to spend your money getting here and your time. And it's, I mean, it's like you're really railroaded into the system. Just they're like, yeah, just take the lesser charge. And I'm like, the thing that did, the thing didn't happen. The complaint never occurred. Why would we plead guilty? And she's like, because it's just a hundred dollars. Like, I I could imagine not having enough money to cover any of this stuff and just how horrible the entire system is designed to screw people over. And that's absolutely that's absolutely it is. ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. It's and now we're we're you know pins and needles because if the dog does bite someone and there's a complaint then my wife is in violation of her parole and could go to jail and it's like it's it really it really is a a screwy system especially during covid like we couldn't have just had a skype call to do this you know we have to we have to go to the courthouse downtown and deal with it they would think you were a cat cat. so no you can't just do a skype call not a cat That that was actually our thumbnail for, for I last week. That. I don't know if you it. if you caught that or not. I, I made you a cat. <laughs> but yeah, you end up you end up leaving the courthouse just sort of going, What what just happened? I just got completely railroaded. This is bizarre. I <laughs> I'm walking back to my car and I just now realizing we pled guilty to a criminal charge. Buttery asked Buttery, I I think I think it's the same in the US, but I'll 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 say it on air. Buttery says, uh in uh, in the UK, in civil court, all expenses are recovered from the other side if you win. Is it, it is not, not the same, the same in the US? Um, it, it actually gets really, really bizarre here. Uh, this was a not a civil case. This was a criminal case because the police took the record of a dangerous animal. Uh, so there's no complainant other than the state. If it were a civil case, then uh, I would be absolutely destroying this bitter old woman. Um, and I would have to file a countersuit to recompense my expenses. Uh, the state doesn't just say, because I won, I get paid my expenses. Um, it's a good system in the UK, works really well, stops a lot of frivolous lawsuits, uh, doesn't fly here. We are the land of the patent troll. <laughs> Well, I got some good news this week. Um, what is that? I, I know uh, you guys, well, Thomas, you're just out in left field. I can't help you. I know John's always talking about how crazy it is with my VIN configuration. I was a big, big uh, plug-in user. So I, I'm always kind of a little, not bleeding edge so much, but I'm definitely more bleeding edge than your out-of-the-box VIN person like John is. Yeah. So like my my real Vim setup, I have NeoVim now, and I have a bunch of uh, I have a bunch of new plugins that I use. That I enjoy a lot, but I've been working hard at mimic having PHP Storm mimic uh, a lot of what I do in uh, in just regular Vim because PHP or uh, JetBrains just in general, their that plugin that they have IdeaVim uh, is just fantastic. It's one of the best Vim. I guess it's an emulator or binding. I'm not even sure what you would what you call it, but it emulates Vim in the JetBrain product. So for for me, it's PHP Storm mainly, and it's great. I mean, it's it, it keeps getting better and better uh, every release it does. And this week they had a release that fixed one of my biggest complaints about using Vim in uh, PHP Storm, which is. When I open up my navigation window, uh, the the project view where you see all your folders, um, in Vim, there was a popular tool called NerdTree, and that would give you the the your your file structure of, of the folder that you're in or the project you're in. And PHP Storm, I, I I forget what it's called, it's Project View or something like that. Same same thing. Well, now they have NerdTree in PHP Storm. So before. I had I had key bindings where I could open up that uh, 
that project view by hitting my nerd tree key combination that I had from Vince. So again, all that stuff translates to me. So I'd hit my leader key and I hit NT for nerd tree and that would show up, but I would have to stop using my keyboard at that point because I couldn't navigate the files with my keyboard. I would have to reach for the mouse, find things and find another way to close it. Yeah, you can. How's that? I mean, you can type, you can type in the name of the, of the file, right? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I would have cases where I'm like just trying to look through the structure and look at certain things. I'd, I'd want to go like navigate up and open up the folder and, you know, like clicking through a file system. Right. Right. Yeah. You can do that with with your keyboard within PHP storm. Oh, really? So when you, so you start typing, which does just a search in any list, you find your folder Right arrow would open the folder, and then you can keep searching for your next thing. Your your oh your right arrow oh you you back to the arrow thing. Okay, well it doesn't matter now, Tom or Tom John. Tom, yeah, Tom <laughs> Stick. Really it's not a problem anymore. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter anymore, John, because they integrated Nerd Tree to PHP Storm, so now I can just keep with my normal key, key bindings, including. I don't know. Maybe you, you, you can tell me how to do this with regular PHP Storm. And I will say, one of the benefits, or not one of the benefits, one of the well-thought-through things of PHP Storm, even if you're not a Vim person and understand Vim bindings, is just about everything in PHP Storm is still accessible through keyboards. So they, they really make it so that you can pretty much do anything you want with the keyboard. It's just... If you're accustomed to Vim, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't really translate. It's not like a it's it's not like a Vim scenario. It's just like, oh hey, if you want to do this, you hit you know do your little Shift Control Alt F12, you know, sort of thing. Um, but now with uh, PHP Storm, I can use my nerd tree. So even if I'm like if I want to create a uh, if I want to create a new file, um, Jesus. I can't. I can't think of what it is. I think it's M. I have to. I have to actually be typing it. But I think it's. I think it's M. And Nerdtree will actually open up the the dialog box and say, "Hey, copy this file, create a new file, delete this file." And now it doesn't. It all it does in PHP Storm is like you right clicked on the right mouse clicked on the file, so it brings up kind of the same contextual menu that you could do the same thing you create a new file all that other stuff but you can do it through your through your uh keyboard bindings so i'm enjoying it i'm liking it anything that makes uh php storm more them for me i i like a lot <laughs> are you thomas a, you oh don't say that I'm, just, <laughs> I'm about to give you some really bad news oh shit how long have we been recording uh I don't know, 50 minutes? You never you never hit start on Zencaster. <laughs> professionals. Podcasting professionals. This seems like a good time to mention that we now accept hate- a sponsor level Patreon. That's how good we are. I'm having such a bad day. I can't even begin to tell you how bad of a day I'm having, and this is just the, the end of it. I appreciate I'm, I'm that, Thomas. I, I usually I usually uh remember to remind you of that. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that was my fault. I wanted to make sure everybody's uh, mic setups were right before I hit start because Zencaster did a bunch of new stuff. And, well, it's going to make editing this podcast a lot simpler. <laughs> I'm just going to pull down from YouTube and uh, that'll be it. Oh, <laughs> that's, boy. That's it. This just goes out. This this is what we call a rough cut. This will be a rough cut podcast. Because it's not professional. That's true. Is yeah. yeah. Harry Max said it. Yeah. He called us out on it. I, I so badly want to hit the button yeah. now, but it's like, let's, why? Let's, why bother? Yes, got to start over. Um, got to start over. So <laughs> in uh, in PHP land, since we haven't done any of that, I mean today, uh, enums passed. It will be in eight point one. So that's super exciting. Um, if you want to check out the enum stuff and how it all works and how you can use it, uh, Stitcher.io has a great blog post on PHP enums written just yesterday so i encourage everyone to check that out because it's the kind of thing that i'll definitely be using a lot uh, i did some uh i, I already use so them a I. lot but now there's like a built-in <clears throat> proper way to use them yeah uh, i did some tweaking on uh uh php storm today as well uh hopped in and 
went through all of the coding style rules and made sure that they fit little tiny details that I wanted. And that was, you know, always a nice way to spend a half an hour is just going through settings. I wish there was a settings video game. It was just all setting. <laughs> how how did you not already have that set up? Because you've been using it for there were a, couple a long things time. I just sort of didn't care about and didn't spend the time getting into, like uh, making sure that on sequential variable declaration the equal sign lined up. And I want I want that so bad for uh, the codebase I work in, but the rest of the team doesn't. I lost out on that m- uh, over yeah. multiple votes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I'm consider. I love it, and I'm considering it turning it off for uh, the one client I work at. I work with because uh, they have a lot of developers, and a lot of them they don't use it. And uh, so I, I make one change on a page, and I have it so that when I save, it auto formats everything for me. So I make that one change, and all of a sudden, I've got you know <clears throat> 150 changes on the page just lining shit up i'm like oh god fortunately yeah. they don't do code reviews so I, I i don't allow auto format for that very reason i'd rather if i know the code isn't up to the proper standards i'd rather do that as a separate pr and be like this is purely just a format thing so if you were to use github to hide white space you basically see nothing or very little and then you that becomes way easier to approve than a crap ton of formatting changes and oh i fixed this bug it's like well what else changed Get- in here now i gotta now i gotta go through all this crap sorry github hide white spaces yeah is that a setting oh it's a merge no well it's not thing. a setting when it displays merge changes it, it'll it's, ignore white space changes on on the pr so you have to do it every single time which is annoying how do you do that so when you're on the files changed tab mm-hmm. under the gear you you yeah. can do a unified or split and then you can hide white space changes oh my i'm gonna have to start doing that it is that was... extremely useful hide white spaces so so the person opening the pr has to has to mm-hmm. configure that no no nope. when you're when you're doing a code review when you're looking at a pr oh when you're you can... doing a review when, okay. Yeah, when you're looking at it, you can hide white space. And you can actually add it to the URL as well. It's just a question mark WS equals one, I believe. Hmm. Right. And I have to check that out. Super useful. And then that split and unified display. I usually leave it on unified, but you know, there are times where the 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 way it's shown together is annoying. So I then do a split split view. I think I, I think I always do split. The unified I bugs me. I don't know why. Maybe I need to give that another look. Yeah, I, I've I've always been a unified guy. I mean, so used to the old days looking at patches, so knowing kind of what's going on with the minuses and pluses. But again, when it when it gets a little too hairy with the the removes and the additions all intermingled it's easier just to split them out wow i never knew man you're right that would be a nice to be able to just have that be your default setting would be nice it's funny because i think the split and unified becomes default once you select them right uh yeah you're right I, i'm pretty Weird. sure the white space does not though mm. well, that's good to know there you go i learned something today that's awesome maybe it's just because Python cares about white space or Perl. That's true. Python yeah. does care about white spaces. That that would be a problem for Python. But but it but it's only hiding white space change. Yeah, but you could inter- you could in Python you could yeah. introduce a bug with yeah. white space. Yeah, that's true. You're smart, but it still should be configurable per person. Like yeah. I want it to show anyway. Or or or, or, or per extension, like PHP files don't show me white spaces. Submit it to Microsoft. Yeah, I'm sure it'll show up in next week's news. Mm. Uh, Do you guys see this thing about uh, of browser favicons being used as super cookies? Didn't we talk about that last nah, week? It was no, it's on the list. But I don't <clears throat> think we talked about it. I don't think we talked it's, about it. It's interesting. Apparently, uh, favicons have their own special cache, uh, the F cache, which is global to uh, multiple instances of the browser. 
doesn't doesn't get cleared by the normal browser history clearing stuff and is even ex- it's accessed by the uh, incognito modes as well as the regular modes so mm-hmm. it's that's so true. Yeah. This cache uh, can allow you to track a user even through incognito, and it's uh, yeah, it's interesting. very interesting. There's there's a proof of concept up. Uh, this is an article from Vice. I'd love to copy and paste it, but you know. See, I, I always assumed incognito mode. I was being tracked anyway. I use incognito mode mainly to suppress most of my extensions. I never really mm-hmm. thought I was hidden from anything it just it basically gives me new sessions i i don't have my my crap sessions that i already it's have supposed to be very secure uh but I, I, the the intention i'll say is supposed I, to be very secure i guess um but yeah it's that's that's a rough one i the, these damn hackers are always finding some new way to upset me oh you know you want you want to upset me this week it, and john you might appreciate this if you actually looked at that app i released uh, earlier in the week fucking fbgs does anybody understand of, of anybody here obviously somebody understands of the three of us does any of us understand how to create manage scale svgs yeah. no yeah damn it i need i need your help thomas i I man, I thought it I, so silly. Me, I thought it was be something like, "Oh, I'm sure I can take a PNG file, find an online converter, <laughs> make it an SVG, and and no. you know be happy." And, <laughs> no. Nope, that's not true. No, no, you you lose the colors, you lose all this other funky oh, well, stuff. You're lucky if it so gives I, you I, something. I spent way, I spent way too much time, way too much time trying to convert the Diego Dev logo to SVG. I love the concept of SVG. I mean, it's all code, right? There's no, there's no image to reference. You're just, you're just code. It's, you put the code in in the in the in the page. I love that idea, and I really want it for the Diego Dev logos. Man, I spent way too much time trying to recreate the Diego Dev logo, and then I finally get it acceptable because, like I said, I, I worked on this internal app, and I wasn't really worried about the exposure. So I'm like, all right, you kind of get the idea. I doubt if anybody even noticed it. You know, it's it's fine. It's it's fine for what it is. And I went to implement it, and I'm like, okay, that's a little too big. Let me just scale it down. And it has these width height settings. I'm like, all right, well, let me just change that width. Let me just change that height. Yeah, that doesn't always work. It works to a degree, and then it stops working. And I'm like, what happened? And I'm doing all this research online. It's like, oh yeah, that only you know that. That only applies to the, these things, and oh my god, I I got so frustrated just trying. To, I haven't been that frustrated since I tried to move something over one pixel through CSS. <laughs> it was like mind blowing, <laughs> man. I couldn't understand it. Uh, it's it's just line drawings. You have to. It's like you're opening MS Paint and recording the inputs instead of the output. So I, I will say this again. I, I I try not to jump on this bandwagon too frequently, but this is one of the things where I love the fact that I was using Linux. Uh, all the tools that I use to do it run on other platforms because they're open source. But like I think it was a uh, was Inkscape. Inkspot or Inkwill. I forget what the In- Inkscape. Yeah, that was the that was the big thing that got me yeah. the furthest along. Uh, yeah, there were there were things you could do in Inkscape to get things translated. It allowed me to help. It helped me capture the colors correctly. And oh man, I love open source. I just love yeah, it. Yeah, I I don't mess with SVGs. I know. I, oh, you don't. Oh yeah. But, but you know how to do it. They're just terrible. I need you to make the you need to make I, the Diego Dev logo for that. me, man. And and then. To tell me how well, to scale SVGs it. Don't need to scale it. They're they're on a no no they're yeah they do SVGs <laughs> SVGs are points on a on a grid so everything about it is relative to that grid so you can scale the whole grid up and it's completely lossless the as you draw a line the thickness of that line is is a number on the grid so if you zoom in on it the grid gets larger the line gets larger and it redraws it with a thicker line so there's there's no such thing as scaling in SVGs oh Gimbo yeah. Al Gimbone chat, yeah, Inkscape is what I discovered that gave me the the, the greatest uh, greatest help. Buttery, yes, view boxes. I learned all about the view box as well. I think the view box is actually what you're defining the width and height of, and not the actual right. SVG. So I ended up I ended up finding this other thing that like 
would scale would 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 change the size of the SVG through a matrix and oh man it was just it should it just felt like it shouldn't be that difficult I'm like I want the same size as the view box why why can't I just tell the view box how big to be and the image just like fill that view box I don't understand why why did you why did you care about the why did you change it to an SVG what was the point of it because I wanted to be an SVG John because I care. I care about our company and I care about our image. And I want an SVG for our logo because it's just code. And I like the fact that it's code. Well, SVGs are also very, very small. So HTML can render SVGs just based off of the text. So, you know, 1K would be considered a large SVG. So there's there's nice yeah. stuff about them, but yeah, it's it's for, like, original artwork. I'm, I'm sure that the guy who did the drawings initially has the SV, the original SVGs. Oh, wow. You know what? You might be correct. I, I need to go back and look at our original sarcastic. Uh, folder. Can't <laughs> oh, yeah. Good idea, Tom. You really no. thought that out. <laughs> no. I, couldn't, no, I, I could, could not tell. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, he, but, they, but, he he did not give us an SVG. He gave us an EPS no, file. No, but he probably has the original SVGs. And the well, we have the the oh. Illustrator file as well. Yeah, I'm yeah. Brian D. Yeah, the, that is pretty slick, right? Yeah, how do you do AI that? Final, the AI final will convert to SVG, no problem. I I do believe yeah. we have that. We do. I'm looking at it right now. Look at this. Did you see in in Discord? EPS might work. Yes, I, I know I have the EPS, but yeah, Tom or John says we have the AI file. I want to know how I'm Brain D did this so quickly. That was amazing. I, I like. I even like this as the logo, just like really the colors. Cool if I could see it. <clears throat> no, click, click on it. On it's it. fantastic, Thomas. You're missing out. Click on it, it Thomas. Get, it's gonna give give I'm Brian D complete control over hey, your Windows machine, but hey. <laughs> Brian D, I do believe he just called you a virus. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that, but I would take offense to it. So look at that. So I now I just got to fill in that. the colors. He <laughs> <laughs> can't click on it. That's the other thing. If, if you think that's pretty cool, because if you think about it, you can't you can't right click and download the file. You could ha- you'd have to screenshot this if you wanted to like steal the image, or you could just grab the code. Obviously, view, view yeah, page. you know a lot of uh, a lot of the <laughs> font page. icon stuff is done with SVGs. Mm, this is awesome. Sure, sounds awesome. Yeah. See, this is why we do the show. So so we can learn something. <laughs> so other people can do work for us. I like it. Do do that more often. <laughs> All right. Speaking of which, go ahead, John. John, just cut you off. That's fine. I won't be able to edit that in post. Just FYI. That's fine. At what point do you guys open a PR on an open source project versus sending a private patch to the maintainer? Well, something that came up recently. So. If you found a major security vulnerability, mm. do you do you disclose it right away, or There's how do you handle that? There, I believe. <clears throah> well, and and, and there, there's actually a you know cordial way of doing it. So you're right, John. You you open up a you you if you can patch it. I mean, if you find a vulnerability and don't have a patch, you still private message the mm. the maintainer, give them opportunity give to them fix it. I think I think the kind of standard is. Is it like thirty days or something? They have like thirty days to address it, but yeah, usually you uh, get some some sort of time frame where you you say, "Hey, I'm not going to tell anybody for X amount of time, thirty days." Mm-hmm. And if you don't respond, I'm it's I'm I'm going to make it public as a service to people that are using your application or your your library or whatever, so that they can either find a way to fix it or stop yeah. using it. In all honesty, mm-hmm. I would get my hands clean of it as soon as possible. So I would contact a security firm, tell them I've discovered this issue, and that I would like credit in the final you know, write-up or whatever, but I don't want to be responsible for the disclosure, for the communication, for the patch. Security stuff is scary. I don't want any liability attached to my name. I would call up somebody who does it professionally. <laughs> How is there liability on you if you found a bug somebody else wrote? Because if you report the bug and then you didn't follow all the proper steps and precautions and it turns out someone else already discovered this bug 
and has been exploiting it or blackmailing people with it, then they could say, oh, you must be the guy who's been blackmailing or you've disclosed something of national security importance and that's a violation of whatever. But don't you run that risk even if you contact a a security firm? No, because they handle these things professionally. They've got lawyers. They've Right, but you've now attached your name to it, so... If and I might not attach my name to it. Maintainer or whoever is still being blackmailed, you still have that same liability concern. Then I might not attach my name to it at all. I might just say, hey, you guys, look what I found. John, I guess the real question is, did you find a, a, a security bug? No, it was it was brought up in Discord. Somebody Somebody was asking me, and they didn't have time to contact the maintainer right away. And I was like, so... I went through my spiel of if it's a security issue that you don't want somebody else to take advantage of, contact them privately and let them know. And if you're mm. if you have a patch, great. If not, at least disclose it to them so they can get it fixed. Mm. And if they don't respond within you know some amount of time, then then you can bring it up. I wouldn't open a public GitHub issue for a security issue. Right. That's right. Yep. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I'd want my hands clean as soon as possible. Honestly, that's it, good things to think about. I, I haven't thought about that. You know what else we should think about? Our Patreon. Did you clean up last time? But we, yes, yeah. Why do you have buttery at the bottom? I thought we had this conversation. Yeah, but we've had this conversation so many times. So many times. I'll, I'll say, but I will say we, we've actually gotten quite a few new. Patreons, patrons that we we probably owe some thanks for for listening to us. Uh, dating back to like last last year, you know, Lee, Mike, Page, uh, those those people have been with us since November. Uh, Blaze, which I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce the name because he's got one of those weird things over the Z, but I'm calling him Blaze. Um, been with us. How would you pronounce Blaze's name? Anybody know? Better than Blase. Looks like Blase. But then we picked up Kendrick, Kendrick, Mike, and uh, I'm missing somebody. Uh, Oh, you're missing somebody, actually, uh, Thomas. We have a new Patreon as of February 1st. Why do you not have this one on your name? V-A-I-D-A-S. Oh, no, you have it right there. I swapped Buttery and Vitus. 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 All new Patreons. We appreciate you guys. Yes, out with thank us. you. Very much. Uh, I think I'm going to try to start doing some things for the Patreons. Uh, I, need to, I need to get the Discord piece working. We have a Discord channel for Patreons. I, need, I think I just need to physically start adding them to the Discord channel because it doesn't seem to happen through Patreon. But uh, I need to get them in. Kendrick, I mean, I know he's... Or I know they're very active in our regular general uh, encoding channel. So I know they're in Discord. I don't know if they have their Discord ID associated to their Patreon. I don't even know how to do that. But I think Buttery figured it out. Um, But it didn't seem to work after the fact. So I think I need to manually add people. But I'll do that. I need to get you guys in there. But I'm going to try to get some stuff posted and I mean, it'll be stuff that I'll post on PHP Ugly eventually, but I'll probably post it in Patreon, like keep it there for like a week or two, and then post it on the regular YouTube channel. So nobody will miss anything. It'll just be like a perk of being a Patreon. What else we got? Facebook. Facebook versus Australia. I don't really talk about Absolutely. that. You want to talk about that? You have something to Facebook say about banned. All right. Facebook go ahead. Have news in Australia because. The Australian government said uh, you have to pay the source of the news articles for duplicating their content on people's feeds. Uh, And I just want Facebook to do this for America, too. Can we please ban news on Facebook feeds in America? That would be super. (laughs) This is the crazy thing about it. It's like my understanding of it is it's not like necessarily Facebook is posting the content from these news sources. This is just like whenever anybody shares like a link to a news article from a from a news station, yeah. they want to get paid for that. And Facebook's like, yeah, 
that's not how the internet works. And no, we're not gonna not gonna pay you for it. The, the same thing is happening with Google too. It's not just Facebook. Now, Google's a little bit of a different. Google's yeah. taking a little Google bit of a different has been approach. Acting as an aggregator and just sort of like collecting all the news and then republishing it without linking to the destination sites. Roger says this is not just news. Roger, I'd be curious to hear what you mean by that. But let's continue because he's on a delay. <laughs> or or we wait. <laughs> uh, Author pages are being stripped. It's very, it's very interesting. I mean, Australia is really well known for its extremely heavy-handed internet regulation, um, or just digital media in general. Their uh, video game prices are extremely high compared to the U.S. Uh, they, they have a very, very strict rating systems in place. So it's not surprising that it's Australia, but it is, it's interesting. Well, I think if it was, if it was just Australia, you know, Google and Facebook wouldn't care. I think. What they're worried about is Australia setting some sort of precedence that, you know, hey, this is how it should be done. And then the UK and America tries to, you know, mimic it. I mean, I'm a, I, I hear it from my wife all the time. It's a frustration of mine. So many, so many trending links on Twitter end up being like New York Times articles that have a paywall or Washington Post article that have a paywall. And you, and you go to the trending and they'll say like, you know, Cruz goes to Cancun and like 50, the whole, the whole page is 50 pages that link to the same New York Times article that is behind a paywall. And it drives me nuts. It drives, drives the wife crazy too, because, you know, she just wants to see what the article is about and. I, I bail out on him. I don't even I don't even care about it at that point. But I don't know, man. It's uh, it's yeah. It, I think this is old media trying to find a way to continue to survive. Um, and to their defense, I mean, they feel like they're doing the work. They should get some sort of compensation for it. Yeah, you know, they're they're making their articles. They're they're making the news. They're writing the news, and then somebody just copies a, a link to that Isn't article. Is exposure and, compensation enough? I don't know. That's what I keep. That's what I keep getting told. Apparently not. But I mean, if you get yeah, judge said is this it, was good. <laughs> is it the totally different case? Is it the maybe I'm missing something? Is it the fact that they're just they're reposting the entire the meat of the the article with within Facebook versus a that link was back Google's to? Issue? Um, but in the case of Facebook, I believe there's like specific character count restrictions um and there might even be uh link to fees like fees to link to another page Mm -hmm. that seems weird yeah a lot a lot of them have been trying to figure out ways to to monetize this and fortunately we have somebody new in place who theoretically cares about net neutrality good brian i'm brian d has asked if he should get banned for trying to to blackmail us for him posting in our Discord. That's <laughs> <laughs> a, a weird, weird interpretation, but sure. Uh, nope. <laughs> Brian, we're not paying I, you. I looked at it again. Like, did, did I read that correctly? <laughs> I don't feel like I read that correctly. But he brings up a good point. I mean, when we when we do show notes, I just link to the articles we spoke to we spoke about. As a matter of fact, last week we were actually throwing them in Discord as we spoke about them. Totally forgot about that. We should have been doing that, but but I mean, yeah, that I mean that opens up a whole can of worms. It's like, okay, now you know, do we need to pay somebody for for even talking about the story that was on this website? And yeah, if it, I don't know, it gets, can get ugly. I, I guess we're out of a show. You did say this was our last one. <laughs> we're shutting down. I didn't even record this one. That's how that's how much I know we're done. I didn't didn't even record it. Just that's it. Finish. I'm Brian. Do I'm <laughs> Brian. We. We got it. Thomas trying to be funny. Uh, for, for trying being the key term there. For some reason in my YouTube feed, all of a sudden I've got a crap ton of Australian uh, Shark Tank episodes coming in. Oh, Shark the Invention. <laughs> since, since, since we're t- invent, yeah, the entrepreneur, you know, going to get funding. But yeah, for some reason that's been on my. It might be a lot an lately. Australian specific one. Is there a new kind of boomerang I should know about? Well, not, not, well now you know. That seems it, racist, there, Thomas. We'll just we'll just cut that in the uh, <laughs> theoretical edit. <laughs> 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 
No, but it is interesting hearing hearing them use uh, terms that I don't, I'm not familiar with. You know, we're used to clothespins, and they called them something completely different. Uh, what was? I can't even remember what it was now. But it it was just one of those things. Like you're trying to you're trying to you're trying to break into the U.S. market because it's a lot of them are we're expanding and and it's all about expanding from Australia into the U.S. market. Not all about, but quite a the quite a few of the ones I've seen are. And it's like nobody yeah. calls that that here. How is that going to well, succeed? It's, it's really weird hearing the c word that much during your lunch break. <laughs> what <laughs> are you talking not, about? Not familiar. Not familiar. I mean, with I, I, gotta be, I gotta be honest. What wasn't paying all attention? Right. <laughs> Clearly, this show has run its course. Mm-hmm. There's one article on here that I will I'm not so let lost. Eric get to. And I can't. I can't even. Yeah. If anybody's <sighs> interested in Livewire, I found a good Livewire article out there. Laravel Livewire. That's not but your typical that... Laravel. Livewire article, but I only see one thing when I'm looking at the picture that's in that card, and I've, it's dynamite. Th- this entire time, I'm like, it looks like a, <laughs> it looks what? like porn. What? All I see is a, what? all I see is a vagina, vagina, and I, I it's, what? We are looking there. at different pictures. Oh, what are you? <laughs> <laughs> you told me most I'm I sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying to be rude. It's just. <laughs> Okay, that's like nobody it's can so... see it. I don't post the pictures in the show notes. Yes, I, I'm going to post a. I'm going to post a nice little article uh, for um, for Livewire. Uh, I like it because it's it's a little different than than your typical Livewire tutorials out there. It's it's a it has a couple of uh, cool things seen in there. All so the Livewire I'll post that. It's me, man. I've seen them all we a couple times the over. Today, uh, together, uh, you wanted a. You wanted a conditional, we did. And eloquent statement, and uh, that's right. And when you you said the solution, I realized yes, that's the thing. Is yeah, eloquent yeah. has a conditional when uh, method, so you can inline all your things. Well, well, no, it wasn't even that. Uh, I forgot that uh, the, the the article you linked to. So I, I had a case. I had a I had a use case where I and I basically needed to add things to my eloquent query based on conditions of the environment. And I I, I had the I was doing it with the where case, um, and I, I was passing a uh, a function in it, and uh, I would do some stuff in there. But then Thomas linked me to something, uh, a Stack Overflow, and I totally forgot that you can actually initiate an eloquent query and then stop it, like do a semicolon, like do a, you know, users where active is one colon, do some condition, and then continue that eloquent query. So you, you have to assign the eloquent query to a variable. So say, you know, you, you create a variable users, and it, it initiates this eloquent query, then you can do some conditions and say, okay, now users, you know, where, I don't know, state is California based on, you know, some conditions. Anyways, I'd forgotten that my eloquent query didn't have to be one long query, that I could actually break it into multiple that, parts. Whole, as long as I the, whole point of, the whole point of uh, method chaining, <laughs> which is... We've had a hard He's had a hard enough day. <laughs> oh, I already know that. I think this this is going to be the lost lost episode because I I just know something's going to go sideways with uh, YouTube and we're not going to be able to get the audio. I I can feel it. I can feel it happening. <laughs> but what Buttery didn't tell us was that none of you, the audio is coming through on the stream. <laughs> you want to make I'd Eric really to. happy right now? You could oh. kick it over. Kick it over to Harry Mack. Well, we have to. Oh, I think he's saying we're wrapping we up. We have to say our, our our tagline at the end. We have to say goodbye and everything, and then we kick it over to Harry. I, I know it's trying to be funny. It's that time. I do want to take a moment. All my uh, friends here in the U.S., pretty much anywhere in the U.S. except for Southern California and Florida. I hope you're staying safe. I hope you're staying warm. I hope uh, you still have running water and electricity. <laughs> uh, be be cool. It's been. I mean, you don't need to go out anyways. We're still in a pandemic, but I know uh, we're having quite the cold spell here in the U.S. So uh, I feel yeah. I mean, I'm not even gonna talk about the fact that I'm still wearing shorts. We won't. We won't even talk about that. Y'all stay safe. Stay warm. Uh, stay healthy. And, and get uh, back on the national grid. Yeah, be cool. 
Don't, don't blame windmills. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. I, I, I'm not <laughs> sure if we could screw this show up any more than we already have. So I'm gonna we're gonna route to take John's cue right. and wrap it up here. Uh, this is it. Episode 224 is in the books. I'm Eric. I've, I'm John. Uh, oh God, I forgot who I am. <laughs> Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. <laughs> Keep it ugly. One, two, one, two, uh, coming off the top, y'all know how we do. Listen, I'ma drop a freestyle you can cherish. I'ma send a shout out to the host named Eric. Yo, he's never on some average shit, you know, Eric, he stays loud and passionate. I'm about to break it down for y'all with the clever song. Yo, shout the host name Thomas, cause he's never wrong. Yo, shout to John, you know that he's smart and quiet, unlike my freestyles, which cause a riot. I'm about to do it like this, cause the people love me. Shouts out to people. PHP, the ugly, it's called ugly cause it's not professional, but I'm about to come through and bless you with style, so let's do it when I'm spitting, I perfume the room, yo, the segment of the show is called doom and gloom, that came from Thomas, yeah, can nobody go beyond this, I get the mic and then I'm about to keep it like a promise, yeah, and y'all know we fill them up with anguish, we talking about the PHP, the programming language, about to break it down, no exaggeration, what do y'all do for a living web applications, okay, I I can dig it, my words spray tight, uh, they getting together on the Thursday nights, yeah, when it comes to rhyming, you can call me the new dude, I spew true lyrics while y'all broadcast on YouTube, so let's get it, you know my lyrics are major, all up in the comments, they got plenty of haters, but they doing what they doing, keep it ugly, we ending every show with the saying it's lovely, let's go, yeah, come on, hey.